What is up, XFL fans? You are listening to the Ride In NFL DFS podcast, and we are talking XFL Week 2 DraftKings. A quick recap of Week 1. Had a decent week. The one thing that I did that, you know, kind of ruined all the lineups that I uh, had a shot at, you know, a top 1 percentile lineup I played too many expensive running backs, and I know I mentioned that on the podcast last week that I wanted to um, play some of the more expensive running backs. I had a few lineups that hit in every spot except running back. In fact, I even had a lineup going into Sunday with Jeff Bidette left, um, like in in, in a, a top 10 lineup in um, one of the bigger GPPs. And, you know, he went like three catches for three yards or something. And I dropped down to like 50th, which was brutal. I thought I had a real solid shot at first place if Bidette just had a pretty pedestrian game. You know, if he just went like six for 60 or something, I probably could have got into the top three, maybe even won the tournament. But that didn't pan out. Um, Overall, not terrible. Was a profitable week. Um, Was a profitable week on the sports book. On Sunday, I took a money line parlay, Guardians Battlehawks, um, and that was from seeing on Saturday how wrong you know the bookmakers were. I just realized that they're not a hundred percent sure; they weren't a hundred percent sure how these games were going to play out. Uh, you know, obviously, in a league that hasn't played an, a meaningful game yet, it's very hard to create a line. So I felt like I should take advantage of the money line. I believe the Guardians were like plus one eighty. And the Battlehawks were plus 300. Together, it com- they combined for like plus 950 on the money line. And that was too good to pass up in a situation where I thought the lines were a little uh, skewed. I also took the took the bet with um, with the points, took the money line, or excuse me, took the parlay bet with the points just in case, you know, I got hosed by a field goal or something like that. So that was a overall sports book week was definitely better than than DFS. Um but DFS wasn't too shabby either. However, now we have a little bit to go off of. You know, I wouldn't get too crazy over these one game samples. Um but we definitely at least know who's going to get on the field. So I think uh this week we could be a little bit sharper with our lineups. We probably won't have as many guys in the lineup with um, you know, next zero points. Uh, you know, Matt Jones kind of came out of nowhere. Um, nobody really knew he was going to see the field as much as he did. He saw a ton of work, ended up being the leading rusher. Um, same thing with Tail Redding. Everybody thought he was going to be McGloin's slot guy that he targeted a ton. He barely saw the field. Instead, Joe Horn was actually that player. Uh, that kind of was peppered with targets by McGloin. So, you know, you live and learn. Uh, but this week, at least, we have a pretty clearer vision of how things are going to shape out. So real quick, let's take a look at the lines for this week. Uh, we have the Guardians at the Defenders, which is the first game. Guardians, again, touchdown dogs. I feel like I like the Guardians in this instance. Um 
their their defense was pretty spot on. I know that I mentioned, you know, six degrees of separation with me and Matt McGloin, me and Matt McGloin. So take everything I say about McGloin with a grain of salt because I have a little bit of bias, you know, having mutual friends and having the same alma mater and everything. But I feel like he looked good. And then the Guardians kind of took their foot off the gas. They were up 23 to 3. Uh, the Vipers were moving the ball okay, but Murray was just turning the ball over. I even think, you know, he's out this week, so I think they might have even a little bit more success with Quinton Flowers potentially running the football. I don't know if they are going to, um, you know, go to their third string, more traditional quarterback or not, but we'll see. But that line is at 46.5. If you notice, all of these lines, all of these over-unders have come down substantially um, they were in the 50s, high, low 50, low to mid 50s last week. Now, low to mid 40s. Um, the Battlehawks and the Roughnecks is actually at 49. But, you know, you can see the books correcting here on their uh, week one totals. Okay, so let's move on here to the Vipers and at the Dragons, you know, Tampa Bay, like I said, moved the ball decently against the Guardians, but just turned the ball over, struggled to convert in the red zone. The Seattle Dragons looked pretty bad um, in their game. Austin Prohl, pretty much the only bright spot. That game is a 43-point total, and the Vipers are one-and-a-half-point favorites. The Renegades are four-point favorites traveling to Los Angeles. I feel like the Wildcats with Josh Johnson back as long as he does come back. I like them in that game, uh, especially on the money line if you get it at what it's at right now, plus 180. And then the Battle Hawks, eight point dogs. Again, no respect for these St. Louis Battle Hawks. I feel like with Jordan Tamu at quarterback, scrambling around, the defense playing well like they did against Dallas, I think they can take on this Roughnecks team. I think the Roughnecks, like I think everyone is going to come a little bit closer to uh, the the mean this week. You know, the Guardians probably won't play as well on defense. However, they'll probably play a little bit better on offense because they struggled. The The Vipers, I, can, I really think they're going to bounce back this week. They moved the ball well, just didn't punch it into the end zone. Um, a team like... The Roughnecks with P.J. Walker just throwing touchdown after touchdown. I think he comes back to earth a little bit. So I think, you know, Vegas is overcorrecting in a little bit too much uh, with these lines. And I think you can you can take advantage of that as well. All right, let's look at some statistics that popped out uh, at me Starting with the wide receivers, obviously. Surprise, surprise. Uh, the Vipers' Dan Williams really wasn't mentioned too much at all in any of the beat reports or training camp notes, etc. He ended up getting almost a 30% target share, 123 yards through the air on nine targets. I like him again this week going to Seattle. He'll definitely uh, be in my player pool. Then I think we can... Uh, you know, target some guys that had a ton of uh, looks, a ton of targets, but didn't really produce, right? So guys like Dan Williams, Austin Prohl, Eli Rogers, obviously Nelson Spruce led the league with 15 targets, turned that into 11 for 103 yards. Um, those guys are, probably should be in your player pool at least a little bit. Um, but then there's guys like Cam Phillips. 
He saw nine targets, turned it into only four for 60. He did score a touchdown, so there, he might be a little bit chalky. But, I mean, if you come all the way down and you look at um, guys that pretty much did nothing with their targets, Dantez Bird, he saw a ton of downfield targets. Five total targets, only ended up with two for 30. I like adding him in a lot of my lineups this week. Um, Reese Horn, five targets, only turned them into three for 40. Uh, Flynn Nagel, huge possession receiver for Dallas. He saw six targets, caught all six for 40. So these are the guys that I am going to um, be targeting in my lineup this week. Khalil Lewis for Houston, Nick Truesdale for Tampa Bay. Those guys all saw a ton of targets um, and didn't really do much with them. So they will be in my lineup hoping that they get somewhat of a similar volume and in that instance, you know, maybe they are a little bit under-owned. And then guys that did a ton on limited targets, you know, like Alonzo Russell. He only saw five targets, but he turned it into 16. Uh, let me see here. Eight. Turned it into 14 DraftKings points. You know, if if, they, if anybody sorts by fantasy points per game, they're going to see Alonzo Russell pretty pretty up uh, near the top. Not a huge fan. Colby Peterson, he scored uh, on. He only had four targets, caught two balls for forty four yards and a touchdown. They everybody kind of made a big deal out of that um, when it happened because it was a nice little uh, sluggo route that the defender kind of bit on hard, and McGloin just lofted him a nice pass into the back of the end zone. Um, was on all the highlight shows. So I think he's someone that I won't have uh, a ton of this week. But I do think that the Guardians have to throw a little bit more. The defenders will put on the heat. And I'll probably target that game a ton. If we look at running backs, obviously Matt Jones led all rushers with 85 yards. Devian Smith, the, the, the Vipers really wanted to run the ball. Um, they came in like animals uh, trying to pound the rock with Devian Smith. He ended up with five yards per carry. It seemed like he really wasn't running that effective, though. Um, third leading rusher in the league was Jordan Tamu at QB. I think he is going to be a big part of my player pool, along with Cardell Jones, P.J. Walker, and Matt McGloin. Those four, again, maybe a little bit of Quentin Flowers as well. Um, but one thing that was very clear to me is that running backs aren't extremely valuable, especially the ones that don't catch passes and the ones that are highly priced. Um, so if we look at receiving stats for running backs, because that's who I think we should target, Lance Dunbar, Trey Williams, Nick Holly, um, lined up at wide receiver a ton and saw five targets pretty much out of the slot, even though he's still listed as a running back. He is someone that I want to target. Darius Victor kind of stole the show from Tim Cook in New York. He saw three targets, caught all three for 25 yards, also saw a ton of work between the 20s. Tim Cook seems like he's going to be um, the goal line back. He rushed in a few uh, point afters, but didn't do a ton elsewhere. Um, and also Kenneth Farrow and Cameron Artis Payne saw a bunch of targets as well. But like I said, the starting running backs are not a priority for me this week. I can't remember who tweeted it out, and I apologize for not giving credit. Um, but I think the highest 
scoring RB1 in terms of on the depth charts that were released. Um, didn't even hit 10 fantasy points. So I like targeting those players that I mentioned that saw uh, passing volume. Elsewhere at wide receiver, I'm jumping all around here just because I have things written down like crazy all over my little note sheet here. My two favorite value plays at wide receiver will be Joe Horn. Saw a ton of targets last week, eight targets, only caught two for 27, but Matt McGloin really looked his way. Um, obviously, he got in because of some injuries. Uh, D'Angelo Yancey uh, and I believe Tanner Gentry also uh, injured. Make sure that they are still out this week uh, for Joe Horn to get on the field and see hopefully somewhere around those eight targets, maybe even more this week. I, like I said, I think the Guardians are really going to have to throw a bit more because the D.C. defenders will keep pace with their scoring. And also Jaron Tolliver, he saw a bunch of targets and didn't really do much with them either. So those two guys, I think, have bounced back weeks if they see the same amount of volume. So, so just to recap very quickly, uh, some of the players that I like that will be in my <clears throat> uh, player pool, obviously the McGloin bias still exists. I will have a lot of Matt McGloin because I think the Guardians just have have to have to throw a little bit more uh, on offense. I like Cardell Jones because I think that game goes back and forth. In fact, that'll probably be the game that I target uh, most heavily. And I like Jordan Tamu and Quentin Flowers for their rushing upside. Obviously, you can't ignore P.J. Walker, but with how expensive he is and how chalky he is, I think I will be underweight on him, just hoping that um, you know I can get an edge on the field that are just playing the supreme chalk going off of last week's box scores. At the running back position, I mentioned I'm not going to take uh, too many of the extremely high-priced backs uh, I, I think Lance Dunbar for Dallas, if he's going to see six targets. And also, if you don't want to play a running back at all, you could play Nick Holly, who is basically a, a slot-wide receiver. You could slot him in at running back and his five targets. Hopefully, he punches it into the end zone. Um, I also like Darius Victor for the Guardians. Um, that's not my complete running back player pool, but I don't want to uh, you know, give away the my entire uh list of targeted players here and then at wide receiver obviously I think Dan Williams Austin Prohl Nelson Spruce um, the three leading receivers yardage wise are going to be um, pretty chalky but I think rightfully so I will have all of those guys in my player pool but I'm going to target uh, players like Khalil Lewis, like Flynn Nagel, like Joe Horn, like Jaron Tolliver, like Dantes Bird, um, even Mikhail McKay, Cam Phillips, guys that saw a ton of volume but really didn't produce last week in hopes that uh, that turns around. Okay, that will do it for the XFL Week 2 podcast. Going to keep these short as always, guys. Just want to run it down real quick, give you kind of an idea of who I am going to be slotting into my player pool. Not playing much cash, um, so a core four really wouldn't make much sense. Uh, I'm pretty much running 20 lineups through a generator for these XFL games, You know, setting different parameters, um, like only one running back, 
uh, now and, you know, making sure that I'm stacking up games because it looks like if you catch the right game stack, um, you're going to be in business because I think a lot of these offenses are going to struggle in these first few weeks. And, you know, being on the right offense that does hit just gives you a huge advantage uh, instead of spreading all of the love out, you know, stack up those games and hopefully you hit on the one game that really goes over the implied total. Um, and, you know, I'm probably not going to have more than 50 or 60% of any one player as well. Um, so no cash games for me, all tournaments, um, about 20 lineups. That's the way I'm going to play it. I hope everyone has an enjoyable Valentine's Day, an enjoyable President's Weekend. If you are off on Monday, tip of the hat to you. Enjoy the XFL games. I hope somebody takes down a tournament that is out there listening. If you do, always hit me up on Twitter. Let me know your success. I'll give you a shout out on the podcast. Good luck in all your contests. I will talk to you next week. See ya.